Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steeler fans. Welcome to this week's episode of Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matt Peverell. Joined by my co-host as always, Marky D. Marky Davison. Mark, how you going, mate? It's a... Now, I'm going to just say it is pouring with rain. It's been doing it for days. We're in lockdown. It's so friggin' cold. Mate, so how are you doing in all amongst this dreariness? I've just been playing Madden a lot, Matty. (laughs) 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 No, I've been all right. Uh, Same here. It's it's raining. Me and Matty are about an hour and a half away. It's... um, I've been just been, you know, watching NFL, watching a bit of the, the Steelers, looking up uh, a lot of stuff like that. But Maddie, to start the show, I'm angry. You're angry. I'm angry, mate. Well, you know what? Just curb your anger a little bit, though. And I'm keen to find oh. out why you're angry. Because I just want to say welcome to all our regular listeners, whether you're on the audio side or you're listening live on YouTube right now. We've got J Devil in the house, Michael O'Malley. They were first in best dress this morning waiting for us to go live. I think a few guys sitting back there as well. Brad Jewett's in the house, Kenneth Jr., Shield as always, Carson Wright, Owen from England, um, you know, I engaged him a little bit on Twitter. So really good to have Owen. He's uh, always asking a few questions. So it's so good to see him live. It's pretty late over there in the UK, um, but he might be up. Aren't the Euros happening soon or something like that? Aren't England yeah, it's in England, England versus Italy, isn't it, or something? Yeah, I know. Hey, the going for, Mark? Uh, I don't really, I don't really follow soccer that much, actually at all. We got someone from Australia, Renshaw. Hey, Renshaw, thanks for joining oh, us, mate. What, what, look at his, look at his, uh, his Facebook profile. What a nice drive. 
<laughs> David, tell us uh, which state you're from, but very much welcome. It's good to have another Aussie in the house. So, you know, definitely listen live. We know we get a few audio, a lot of Aussies on the audio side um, of things that listen back to the show, but it's good to have it's good to have someone in the house on the live show as well. You can keep us honest with everything. But Mark, looks like you got a bit of pent up anger. Mate. What are you frustrated about, mate? Oh, I'm angry. I'm bloody angry at uh, one of these anal analysts or analysts, whatever you call him. doesn't matter what his name is. Uh, I heard in the news a few days ago, Mike Tannenbaum or Mike Tannenbaum. Do you know who that is? Do you know who that bloke is? Yeah, I've heard about him, but I don't, I don't really follow yeah, he, him. Look, he used to be the, the CEO of operations for, for the Jets uh, and also worked for the Miami Dolphins. And he's got a, you know. Right. So he's got, no, he's got no pedigree like, yeah. when it comes to NFL <laughs> quality. <laughs> So, yeah, Mike, uh, he called out, he called out Big Ben the other day on ESPN and said, like, I'm not going to quote his words, but the, but the whole narrative was Big Ben will be the third or fourth quarterback and Big Ben by week eight will be shipped out and he hasn't got any more. He's too old. He's 38. He can't play. And I just have no idea where this is coming from. Like, Big Ben came off surgery last year when 11-0 had a great season. And let me just – I want to get your reaction after I have my bit of rant, but let me tell you this, Matty. Big Ben has got it. He, he in, in Mike's words, he said um, that Baker, Lamar, and Joey Bungle might be a better quarterback than Big Ben. However, Big Ben is 59 and 21 in the AFC North. Big Ben is 24 and 8 against the Bengals. And twenty-four and two against the Browns. I have no idea where this is where this is coming from. Like this, this is this is Big Ben season, and he's going to play extreme. And his overall record is one hundred fifty-six wins to seventy-four losses, uh, two-time Super Bowl, and all he can really to to jump on Ben is his age. Like, what what are your initial thoughts on that? I think the age part I have a question about because. You know, you've seen what Drew Brees has done. You've seen what Brady's obviously done. You know, Aaron Rodgers is getting up there as well. So to me, I mean, Fitzmagic, he must be 36 or something now as well, right? And, you know, he's not he's not the worst quarterback in the league. So I think you sit there and you go the old – going for the age, you know, route or route, whatever, however you want to say it. I, I don't know. I'm not so much a fan of that. But, like, you think back to it. Like, Ben had 33 touchdowns and 10 interceptions, right? last season and he had he started off the season really well i think it was the first 10 games he only had like four interceptions or something it went really bad and we obviously know he threw the four in the in the wild card game uh but the thing about it is that if he has a stat line like that this year that'll be really positive from the seals and hopefully i like i'd like to see it more like a 38 like let's see if he can match his age but the thing is is that we've got a Najee harris here so if Najee harris exactly, is scoring exactly. some touchdowns 33 33 touchdowns from Bennett, 10 interceptions is pretty good. Like if you've got a three and a half plus touchdown to interception ratio, you know, that that's generally pretty good. The other thing I think about with Ben is that like, you know, again, 65% completion rate last year, you know, that's pretty decent. The thing that I do think that Ben probably needs to do before we go in against the comparison, and I know you had a really good time on uh, the Scobro show this week and you guys did some comparisons with the AFC North and, and some of the other teams. And I know that Bad and uh, Tony and uh, Shannon White on The Hangover, they talked about they compared the Steelers' offensive groups to, to the various AFC North offensive groups as well. And they're both great shows 
Um, if you want to go back, if anyone missed those, go back and have a listen to them. But I think the thing with Ben is that like, A, this season he needs more time to throw and B, he needs to do some check downs. I think I, I would rather have under 30 touchdowns and like under five interceptions this season. I think with the defense that we've got and with the running back, and I do think the offensive line from a running back, you know, and a running opening up holes for the run game will be really important. And I think they can do it. So I think we need to think about Ben from now on about efficiency rather than a stat line, but to say that he can't play. I mean, if you look at this, right? It depends on your criteria for quarterbacks in, in the AFC North. Now, you're going to hate me saying this, but and I know he's got to prove himself this season, but if I'm building a franchise today for the next 20 years, the first quarterback I'm picking in the AFC North is Joe Burrow. Like Behind a decent offensive line, he's the best actual quarterback going forward in this. In this. The most proven quarterback is Ben Roethlisberger. Lamar Jackson is a half-running back, half-quarterback, and... I'm sorry, I bought into perhaps he actually can pass the football and then I've watched him against the Steelers and now reporters can't apparently take footage when Lamar throws from training camp. That tells me all I need to know there. So Baker and Lamar can fight it out between them in terms of who who's the better quarterback because, you know, Baker Mayfield can extend plays. You know, when he's on fire, he's good, but he needs, you know, four or five decent wide receivers slash tight ends. He has to have a running game. He can't put he can't really put the team on his back the way Ben the Ben used to be able to. And I think that Burrow will be going forward, provided he can stay upright. So I think this targeting of Ben is it, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, anytime mainstream media talk about Ben Roethlisberger, it's a headline, right? Because if there's obviously all the weight from you know that sits there in terms of I'm not too afraid of Ben's weight, but the weight and the gravity of everything that went on early in Ben's career and the allegations and the accident and everything in between. Saying calling out Big Ben is a headline is a headline. It's it's freaking July. We're we're between mini camp and and training camp. We're not even in preseason. Calling out Ben right now gives you a chance to enrage some fans on social media and it gives you a chance to have a headline that, you know, a Steelers fan might actually listen into that media if they're skimming through it about another sport because usually they offer pretty much nothing about worth listening to about the Steelers. Yeah, but but he also said that the the Steelers would go 8-8 eight and eight or 7-9 and nine, uh, or whatever the conversion is now, 7-10. and 10. Um, I, in, in, in his defense too, like Ryan Clark came out and said, um, you know, what are you joking? Or what, how do you how do you say that Big Ben is the, the worst player in the AFC North? I just I just don't understand it. I only saw it a few days ago. And I get the real catchy headlines, but I'm like, Big Ben is a Hall of Fame quarterback with, with the running game as well. He's gonna have a better time um going to into his second season that off the surgery into a true off season as well. He's gonna have a much better time. I hope this guy, Ben, uh sorry, Mike Tannen, Tannenbaum eats his uh words coming into into October and December. He's definitely like, I just didn't understand the whole idea of it, that he is the worst quarterback. And the thing is, Matty, if if the coaching staff believed that about Ben, he wouldn't be on the roster. If they he, they want him to start every week or at least play uh, four, 14 games, you know, at least be the, the, the full-time starter. Well, I think you and Brad and Brad in live chat, and I brought it up for those that are listening live right now. You, you would have been able to see that comment there. But uh, basically, you know, Brad said similar to what Mark said there, which was really he's come, he came off major surgery last year. 
you know, he's able to refresh his arm. He was probably figuring out. We've talked about it a bit. He was figuring out as he went, you know, and it's amazing to see how much he gets slandered. And, and I completely agree. I mean, it's getting old now, like really and truly. It's it's getting pretty old, like calling out Big got, Ben. It's like, exactly. Okay. You've got to see it for what it is, though. His record is 156 wins, and he, he dominates the AFC North, and he gets no respect. Like, well, my uh, favourite thing, though, my favorite thing about it, and this will be interesting for Ben to see with Ben, right? Is once he does retire, right? He's got record after record after record. He will eventually make the Hall of Fame. I think there'll be, I think people will be very difficult about it given what did happen early on in his career. I think, you know, he's, we're going to have to watch other people get in first and there's going to be a bit of uproar about it, but eventually we'll get in and eventually you'll get, Ben will get the, the chance to say his piece on everything. And I think, you know, there'll be, there'll be some people that are have to eat their words, but the thing I'm most hopeful for is that people get, have a force to, you know, eat their words this season when we won a Super Bowl. And I agree with what Justin says. He was a Jets GM. It's enough said. Like, let's let's put it past it. You know, it, yeah. I'm keen. Let's crack into the show. <laughs> yeah, I just had to get it out of my chest. I think we've uh, we've all That's vented it. now. We're all ready to go and talk about the 2020 draft class. That's it. That's it. Well, look, so Mark and I, for those that are regular listeners, you, you know, you know that over the last sort of – five or six weeks, you know, depending on when, which one of us has been available. We've been talking a little bit about the recent draft classes, you know, and, and who's done well and who's not. And, you know, it's pretty interesting in terms of last year's draft class. We had a lot less picks than what we've had in the last few years. We know we had six picks. We didn't have a first rounder. We obviously know that, you know, we used our first rounder to get Minka Fitzpatrick. And we know that Chase Claypool certainly performed like a first rounder. We know Kevin Dotson surprised, wasn't even invited into the combine. McFarlane Jr. tripped over his own feet, and it was sort of not hard to see why, given that there were no holes for him to run between. Alex Highsmith stepped up when Dupree was out, and, you know, we're looking for a big year for him. You know, Antoine Brooks Jr. got cut, got brought back on the squad, um, you know, and the preseason is going to be fundamental if he's going to make the squad. And then you saw Carlos Davis, who no one, you know, his brother was projected higher than him. Um, and Carlos Davis, you know, spent some time on that practice squad, spent some time on the squad, you know, got get some game day helmets and, you know, quite frankly, you know, was starting to get in the mix with bugs at the end of last year. So, again, like in Clarence, Mark's brought up Clarence comment in terms of cannot wait for the preseason. A lot of these guys that we just talked about, particularly McFarlane Jr., Antoine Brooks and Carlos Davis. So if you were going to tier – the, the the draft class, they would be in the tier two or the developmental versus the guys that are going to be now starters. And, you know, the preseason's incredibly important. Um, you know, incredibly important for this for this this team and for these players. Mark, I don't know how you want to kick it off, but uh who do we want to crack into first? I think we have to do the same as last week with the uh twenty nineteen draft, I believe we did. We have to start from uh round seven and go all the way up. And just just rally it out there. Do you want me yeah, to start with the, the, the first person? So yeah. these from round seven to about round four, these are some guys I'm gonna you know I don't know too much about them, but but maybe that's because they haven't been playing too much on the field. So we're, yeah. we're gonna start with uh, Carlos Davis. Yeah. So what where does he where does he really fit in the Steelers team and 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 does he you know does he have a spot on the roster or what do you reckon? 
I think he does. I think what you saw out of him last year, you know, you saw him come along. If he hadn't have, if he, if they hadn't have given him a helmet last year, I'd say he'd be cut. But he's an incredibly athletic man for his size, and I think that's what Dunbar, the defensive line coach, sees in him. And I think, you know, he's six two, three hundred thirteen pounds. I wonder with him if they're thinking they can get a cheap version of a Javon Hargrave with, with Carlos Davis Jr. Um, you know, and I say that having not watched a, a ton of tape. Look, he did get a tackle for a loss last year. You know, I'm you know, he even played in the playoff game. So I think look, it's it's gonna come down to his preseason. There's not much more to say on it because he played in seven games, he started none, you know, he played really limited snaps uh there. Like he played 54 snaps for the year. It's a hard one. But again, you look at a guy, 313 pounds, a guy with his size and strength, he had a 4.8240 yard dash. That's pretty up there with some of the top, you know, defensive ends and defensive tackles in each draft class. So there is athleticism with him, uh, you know, and it might come down to where he come, you know, went to college, came out of Nebraska and what have you. But yeah, I'm keen to see, I'm keen to see him to keep developing, put it that way. And he's got it. So he's got to battle uh, Chris Wormley as well at the defensive tackle. So we've got Haywood in front, which is Haywood's, you know, star setter player. And then, like I've been saying the last few weeks again, who's going to be that second guy on the depth? Because we can't let up. We have to let this this defensive line just hammer and, and keep pushing that pocket and cause problems for the QBs. And I believe that it's just as important having the first number one guy as it is the second guy. So preseason, it's going to be great to, to look into him. Uh, moving into round One thing six. I will say just to finish up on Carlos Davis, Carlos Davis is that, you know, Bad's illegitimate son, is that if uh, if they if the Steelers are sitting there feeling as though there's not much difference in what they're going to get play out of Wormley or Davis, I'm hoping they stick with Davis and get rid of Wormley. And I'm not saying that because they dislike Wormley. I actually think Wormley gets a lot of unfair criticism at times. I'm saying it because... I want this Steelers team to continue to develop. He's on the second year of what's well, a three or four year deal. And I, I just, if they're seeing it in it enough to bring him in for a guy that was projected to go undrafted, if he was able to get that helmet last year when we, we could have got a, we could have brought a few different players in. And there's a lot of chat right now in the live chat around louder milk and what have you. But like, as I say, I think Carlos Davis could come on really, really well, and and that's why. As I say, like if if, he, if it's got to come down to a choice, and then who's that fifty three? Because I think someone else might nick him off a practice squad. I'd, I'd like us to see to keep Carlos Davis. Fair point. It's going to be yeah, very interesting to see how he plays in the the preseason. We have four games, which is I'm so thankful that the football's back that we can actually watch it. And I know we take it for granted every year of the preseason, but. Um, now knowing a bit more about this team and the the, the depth guide, it's going to be really fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, moving into round six, we have um, uh, Antoine. Is Antoine? Is it Brooks yeah, Jr.? Yeah, Antoine. Yep. Yeah, Antoine Brooks Jr. Um, how's his play developing uh, into year two? It's, this is this is a fun year, isn't it, for the, some of these players into year two being a Steeler? Um, rookie year last year was very hard in the off season and didn't get too much playing time. How does how does he fit with the Steelers? Yeah, I think the pro- the problem for Antoine Brooks Jr. is he's kind of stuck. I feel like he's in the Marcus Allen 
situation. I think, you know, he's obviously not had the proven poor performance of Marcus Allen in my my view. But Antoine Brooks Jr. is stuck in that he's got this body that's like kind of almost a linebacker, but then he's not quite, you know, doesn't necessarily have that experience, but he's not quite quick enough to play safety or has got that build. It looks like he's put on a bit of weight. You know, according to Pro Football Reference, you know, he's 5'11", 220 pound. That puts him in at a smaller linebacker, um, you know, and that's why you might see him in that dimebacker sort of role. But it puts him into a, you know, if he doesn't have the speed, he can't really pay, play safety. So I think Antoine Brooks Jr. is fighting with Marcus Allen for that sort of safety hybrid linebacker sort of position along with Miles Killebrew. And, you know, he obviously showed something for them to bring him back. I mean, he, look, he did get cut. I think, you know, when they're making those roster cuts and given they were able to keep veterans, they did so. Like, you've got to look across the roster as to why someone gets cut. Uh, but when it comes to Anton Brooks Jr., the preseason, he's one of the players that, you know, particularly from definitely from this draft class of 2020, but in the whole Steelers roster, he's one of the few guys that preseason is absolutely vital if he wants to make the Steelers or even another team if for whatever reason the Steelers don't keep him. So I think... I'm hopeful for him because if you go back and you look at some of his tape, and I know it's highlights a lot of the time, but if you look at highlights from his tape at Maryland, he could do a bit and he was pretty flexible in the way they could use him. Uh, I particularly like him given, you know, if he can, if you, there's no fit Ulysses Gilbert, can Antoine Brooks Jr. come in and cover some of, some of that role? Because, you know, we've all got to remember, and we've talked about this a lot, we talked about it uh, last week, for instance, with Devin Bush, how quick Devin Bush is and that the Steelers can tailor their defense based on having a very fast linebacker that can cover a lot of different players. So, you know, and by that, I mean, you know, in terms of wide receivers and running backs and slot and what have you. So I think it's really important that we've got players that can step into that role whilst we don't necessarily expect the same output all the time if an injury happens because we don't want our defense completely reliant on one player. Uh, but the thing that concerns me about Antoine Brooks Jr., and I remember at the time people said, oh, that was a poor run from him. But he's got a 4.6440 yard, and that to me is a bit slow. Like if he had a 4.55 or, you know, a 4.58, fine. But I worry with that speed that he can do enough for what we need. And that, that's, my, that's why he's going to have to show out in terms of mentality, capability, mental processing, like the way they were talking about what Terrell Edmonds has got to do. Got a bit of an interlude here, uh, uh, <laughs> Matt. We have Michael O'Malley just said, G'day, Steelers fam. Isn't, oh, that great? Language. Isn't that great? You and I are heading into our second season. It's almost our one-year anniversary. We've got yeah. Michael O'Malley, Mick, Mick O'Mal saying, G'day, Steelers fam. That I is the that. best. That's probably the, the first time I think I've seen it in the live chat from to, who isn't who isn't us, who isn't from Australia. So that's really <laughs> cool to see. It, it sees how from our progression. Like I said, like Maddie's a quarterback and I'm this the the fourth, you know, string running back. And Not make sure true. I don't make sure I don't come on and, and fumble the ball. Uh, or maybe I'm the lead blocker, or I'm, I'm that guy that that Vikings player that picked up the, the the fumble and ran the opposite way for the touchdown. Nah, <laughs> mate, you're you're the, like the I don't know I'm a quarterback. You're the pouncy though, or the like the the banner. You've got all the energy. You bring all the all the you know the laughs to the mix. So, um, but I did want to bring up 
I know it's not in this draft class, but I just got to say, Brad Jewett talks about how what a steal Quincy Roche was. It's going to take him a year or two. I do think it will take him a couple of years to develop. People got to be realistic on that. But to have him behind Highsmith and uh, and TJ Watt there, particularly if one of them ever gets an injury, whether it's small or not, I think it's going to be massive. So, you know, I did preview him in one of the first war rooms as well when before it switched over from cap room. So. Uh, if anyone's interested in that, uh, you know, I can definitely share with you the link to what that was. Just tweet at me at, at Matt Pev. But, uh, yeah, really excited for Quincy Roche. But, look, let's move on. So who have we got next after Antoine Brooks? Uh, so as we go further into the, the draft here, this might be one of the drafts that is, is, is one of the best for the Steelers in a long, long time. There's some big names coming up. And the, the first biggest name we see is round four, uh, Kevin Dotson. So I think he's he's ready for a, a big second year. And even without me critiquing his football ability or, or watching highlights or being a fan, I just love his attitude. His attitude is, is one of the best, and it's something we need in that locker room. He has a shirt saying, I can't pronounce everything. Um, if you ain't a stealer, you ain't blank. And I love it. I love it. And he got, he got criticized the other day about being too, too overweight or whatever. But he's a man of a mountain. He, you want a bloke like that to cover up the, the O-line so no one else can get through. You know? What do you think with um, uh, Dotson's projection this year? Is he going to, you know, is he going to live up to the standards? Yeah. Yeah. I think, look, the first thing for me is that he started four games, but he's an offensive lineman anyway. So, like, you know, depending on the way the, the play works. But, you know, he played in 13 games. If he had played in that wild card game, it would have been a very different story. Filer was terrible. I don't care what anyone says or tries to point out to me on tape. Filer was on the back foot the whole time. My Most of my memory from that game, apart from the Pouncey's error, is literally Filer just going backwards. If you watch the tape, you can see it every time. I know that, you know, he had Millen waiver there as well who didn't play particularly well. I don't care. Filer was terrible, as was, like, you know, Hilton got absolutely burnt like to a crisp by Landry. You can tell that I still haven't gotten over some of that. But the thing about Dotson as well is that he played a lot of games. Like he played those games. He played 33% of all the offensive snaps for the year with only three penalties, which I think is terrific considering the way he came in. He wasn't invited to the combine. And then as soon as he got drafted, I started watching tape, you know, and some highlights of him that year. This is before I was with BTSC as well. And I was like, this guy's incredible. You know, the guy next to him, you know, Robert Hunt got drafted by Miami and uh, I'm pretty sure it was Miami. But basically, you know, they made out him to be this absolute phenom in the offensive line kind of thing. When you looked on tape, it was Dotson doing all the work. And in fact, so much so that Hunt's moving into guard this year. Um, Yeah, I'm sure it's Miami. But he's moving into guard for them because – he can't, they've figured that he can't really play tackle. He's better inside and in the way that they sort of played on the line. The thing for me, though, with Dotson is, and we talked about this with Trey Turner, is Dotson, Dotson's traditionally on the right guard side. We're playing him in the left guard spot. And, you know, sometimes those players are interchangeable. But he's, he's my question for me is, is Dotson, and we're not going to know this for a while, but is Dotson future actually a right guard or not. And that's going to be interesting if the Trey Turner, like Jeff talked about it on Let's Ride this on Friday, like if Trey Turner works out, we'll probably want to keep him around as a stealer for a while, which is great. I hope that's the case. I hope he balls out. I hope he's, you know, almost a pro bowl level and what have you. But 
where does that put Dotson? So I think the exciting thing for me is that they obviously still believe in Dotson, regardless of what the headlines we're hearing are about him not being in shape or not, because, you know, they didn't bring anyone in when they had, you know, room to when David DeCastro was still fit, right, in March. There weren't any headlines about the Steelers needing. They didn't draft anyone really in the, in those positions that was going to directly take Dotson's spot. Because I tell you what, like if they had an issue with Dotson, they would have picked it. They would have picked a guard or a tackle or moved up to pick one in round one. They obviously felt confident enough that they had someone there, so they were able to go after. And obviously, they believed in Kendrick Green and the rest. But they were able to go get the running back first. But you got to think, right? They knew Ben was coming back by that stage. If they had no confidence in some of the guys at the offensive line position, they would have gone and got an offensive lineman. So that's what I'm excited about with Dotson is the Steelers clearly believe in him as much as we as a fan base do. And Mark, you and I have talked about it. We love the spirit he brings to the locker room. Oh, 100%. Love that he's, a, he's a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. His family are. He respects the black and gold. He takes pride in the jersey. And I'm just looking forward to the next eight to ten years of Kevin Dotson, KG, number 69, Holding the line. I can't wait to see him just run over people. Like literally yeah, just, like a just, run, just run over some of the the, uh, the defensive line. And even better, if he gets the, the opportunity to, to run into a corner or a linebacker, he's a massive unit and he's gonna put havoc on that offensive line. A lot of the a lot of the big fellas up front will give Najee some holes. And come week one, two, or three, when we start having a better run game, then all of our thoughts will be you know, we'll be um, successful and we, we know what we're talking about just a little bit. Um, now, do you want to go into round round four? Yeah. Before we go to the break? Yeah, no, okay. let's try and crack through. Let's try and get through. Yeah, yeah. let's get through McFarlane. So our, our next next guy is uh, McFarlane from round four. And this this is another bloke who could be behind Dotson. Um, and for me personally, and, and Matty, you can go into this too, I we haven't seen too much of this guy. We've only seen a little bit, a little bit of footage of him running. And the only thing I really saw last year was I think a 15-yard run. Um, and most of the runs where I believe that his his feet were too far in front of his body. And it just seemed like he didn't understand the concept of the NFL. Um, and maybe in that, that's gonna grow though with the the offseason and the mini camps, training camps, and preseason. Um, having four games in the preseason is gonna really help McFarlane, I believe. So you, I can't I couldn't judge him just now at all. Uh, we haven't we haven't seen what he can do. Yeah, I, I'm 100, and I love that. That's what you you brought it to, Mark. I think McFarland is a too early to tell. The other thing I think is, as fans, we need to be prepared that you're not going to see the best McFarland potentially even in the uh, even in the preseason because of the offensive line that he's going to be playing behind and who they're going to be testing. It'll be in season that you can actually see the best McFarlane. I don't know. I haven't seen too much about his kick and punt returns. I think it's a real shame if he can't do that. That's going to be a challenge for him because, like, if if he could do that, he would have a spot on this roster and it would allow us to go and do some more developmental things at the tight end, at the wide receiver position, and then that would jeopardize. I mean, it would be a challenge for Ray Ray. McFarlane makes this squad. I mean, he's a fourth round draft pick from last year. He's going to be on this squad. They're going to cut, you know, they'll cut Samuels before they get rid of him. They'll cut Ballage or Ballage, you know, before they they get rid of him. They'll trade or cut, um, you know, Benny Snell. I think before they get rid of McFarlane. I think. Canada's familiarization with him. The fact that Ben went to him on such a crucial play 
in that wild card round as well, which obviously didn't come off. They must see something in the in the in the passing game. He only had nine targets last year, had six receptions. And um, and I think Port <laughs> Port has had a great comment in there. He says McFarlane reminds me of when I played football when I was twelve and my brother's friends were eighteen. Every time they laid a hand on me, I fell down. Um, you know, and Mike O'Malley said, I hope the game slows down for McFarlane this year. He's getting in his own own way last year. That's it. I think he was adjusting to the speed of, of NFL football um, and the pro the pro level last year. He had no holes to run between. You look at a guy that like the sort of mm-hmm. the sort of player that um, McFarland is. He needs holes to develop in the middle, or he needs guys that are going to hold the blocks on the outside. And I think you think about Zach Banner, and you think about the right side with a Trey Turner or or Kevin Dotson, or you know. But I think it will be Trey Turner. Man, if that hole opens up or there's a cut, you know, he can get a cut. Wow. Like the left tackled side as well. I I'm not a I'm not against Chooks. And I know that um Dan Moore Jr.'s done a bit in the run game as well for Texas AM. So like even if we've got to put him over there for whatever reason or on a particular play, you've got Freer Muth that can actually block, unlike Ebron. And I think that's one of the things that we probably haven't talked about that much this year is that Freemuth is a more blocker than he is a, a pass catcher, and he's a pretty good pass catcher. So once the Steelers get hold of him, you and I have talked about this before, is, you know, the Steelers wide receivers block really well because, the, you know, Mike Tomlin is and, the, and the, the coaches are so big on everyone doing their bit and doing the hard yards, and if you're not going to block, you don't play. And so I think once you get a full offseason of Freemuth, you know, being able to block people as well, that's going to open up, open up roll, you know, holes for running back. The other thing, and I'll, I'll, and I'll bring it to a close here, is that you and I talked about a few times throughout the last sort of six to 12 months around uh, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb and the one-two punch. Wait, like, and, and how much pressure that is for the defense, um, you know, when it comes to being able to stop that. If McFarlane can get it going, Najee wears out the defense of another team. The offensive line can open up holes. As long as McFarlane doesn't trip over his own bootlaces, mm-hmm. there's going to be opportunities. And the amount of times you and I talked about him breaking one loose last year, I reckon we're going to get there this year. I hope so. I hope I see a, a big forty-yard run, forty-yard run. But it all comes down to the O line and the and the um, the separation they can put on these these players and push back. And this is this is really turning out to be, you know, it's Big Ben's year. He doesn't need to sling it all the time, but he still can. So we have another threat to the running game and, and we can build a running game with Najee and whoever's second or third. Um, yeah, like you said, one-two punch is what we want to see. That takes time off the clock and we have a good chance to win football games. Our defense is more rested and I'm really excited. I'm excited to see what McFarlane can do because we haven't seen anything because it wasn't really a normal year last year. Everyone knows that, right? Um, so coming into the Hall of Fame game, it's going to be fun to watch him play there. Throughout the preseason, he has three games. He'll probably play in most of them. Uh, and then maybe he won't start week one, but he'll have enough reps and he'll have an understanding on how the offense works. That's it, 100%. And look, think about it from a boxing perspective. Najee can do the jabs and the uppercuts, and then we can let McFarlane throw throw a hook, you know? so Or a, or a, a leg drop. He can come in with a Hulk Hogan leg drop. Bam. <laughs> You know, ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that wraps up part one of Steel's Touchdown Under for this week. We're going fast. Join us for part two. We're going to talk Chase Claypool, Alex Highsmith, 
take some audience Q&A as well. We haven't had to do too much Q&A. So for those listening live, get your questions ready. We want, we want to give you guys heaps of time to ask those questions of Mark and I because we you know usually only get five or ten minutes to do so. Yeah, stick around for part two. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.